Welcome to the Sound of Truth Bible Chat with your host, Brett Morani, where he leads discussion in God's Word. Let's join him now. This is one of those rare occasions when our guest is actually going to join us for the Bible discussion. Yeah, He's a pastor, Chip Davis. He is from West Tennessee, actually the upper northwest corner of the state is mm-hmm. where he hails from. And we met at Union University ah, in Jackson, mug. Tennessee. Yeah, I got the, the mug. got the mug here. And uh, one of my closest friends and just a dear brother in the Lord. He's a pastor at Lake Road Baptist Church in Union City, Tennessee. All right, hey, Chip, would you uh, do us the favor and the honor of introducing, we've already actually started the book of Leviticus, but from your perspective, would you just touch on maybe 30 seconds worth of uh, introduction from your perspective of the book of Leviticus? Well, I'll just share with you what I wrote down in my Bible years ago when I was reading through. It's been like in the mid-90s. Of course, Moses wrote it. I was telling uh, Rick a moment ago that uh, uh, I have written here from somewhere that essentially— this is Aaron's book. What comes to mind about the Levites, of course, is that they got a very gifted position because they stood up uh, even going against their own families whenever Moses came down from the mountain, Mount Sinai, after the, you know, after the, the golden calf. Mm-hmm. They even were willing to kill family and, they, and those close to them uh, to stand up for holiness. Mm-hmm. And so God honored them with that. Mm. And, you know, interestingly enough, of course, I believe you've probably already covered this, this would have been the first book a little Jewish boy would have studied. When he no, went, I, uh, I, we have not. I have not brought that out either from the pulpit or from the podcast yet. So, yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm aware yeah. of that. So, bring go ahead and speak to that. Yeah, yeah, this would have been the very first book that would have been studied by a young Jewish child in the um, uh, synagogue back at the time of Jesus. The emphasis on holiness. At 13, they could study Song of Solomon. At, at 30, they could study Ezekiel. <laughs> Had to wait to 30 to study Ezekiel. Isn't that something? It, it may have should have been uh, uh, Ezekiel at, at 13 and then Song of Solomon at 30. <laughs> yeah, I guess, hey, yeah. hey, it's exciting for the bar mitzvah. I get to you know, <laughs> <laughs> read Song of Solomon. But I was interested about the emphasis placed on Leviticus, and uh, mm-hmm. they considered... The fact that they received this from, well, in fact, Jews used to say, Jewish people, and they probably still do, of course, we would say that Jesus who fulfilled it was God's greatest gift to man. But the emphasis on holiness, they were proud to be told what to do and what not to do because at least they knew what their God wanted mm-hmm. rather than the idolatrous nations around them who uh, just pretty much could just make up their own rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good point. Hey, uh, there's a New Testament counterpart to this book. Of course, we're referring to the book of Hebrews. It's hard to study Hebrews without going back to Leviticus, right? Oh, yeah. The writer of Hebrews was steeped in Leviticus. I mean, you can tell that. And I, I say writer of Hebrews, and I know y'all discussed this, that, you know, of course, many say Paul. Some say Apollos. We just don't really know. But they were very eloquent. God used the Holy Spirit, used that gift that he had given them. And they especially focused on the holiness aspects and then how Christ meets those holiness aspects. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the beauty of the book of Leviticus is we're, we're getting a lot of gospel. Um, although it's not explicit in the text of Leviticus, it's pointing toward gospel for us. Mm-hmm. So I think we're going to speak to that in a little bit with what Rick wants to talk about in regard to this section right. of Scripture. I, I so. think that's a great segue. So as soon as you said that, my eyes perk up, and I'm thinking, you know, that this we were talking about this, Chip, in, in, during the break over here. This idea of the year of Jubilee, which, as I read it, it sounds like every, what does it say, 
uh, you shall count seven weeks of of years, seven times seven years, so at, so that the time of the seven weeks of years shall give you 49 years. So it sounds like every 50 years or 49 years, they're going to celebrate. I guess it would be at the end of the 49-year period, the last maybe that 50th year. They're going to celebrate this jubilee, this year of Jubilee. This is in Leviticus 25. And this idea was so... I remember the very first time I read it, I was like, what is... you know, it's." Never having experienced it or, or thought about this idea, it was kind of like changing the way I think about everything. I was like, this is really cool. If only we could have some kind of institution like this because, and I'm glad that I have two pastors here on the line because now I can just say whatever I want and then you guys can be like, well, no, that's not what that means, Rick. So here I get to go. So it sounds like to me at every 50th year, they get to hit like this reset button on the land ownership and the debt that people might be in or the situation that people might be in and they get to go back to a kind of a clean slate so mm -hmm. people yeah, yeah. oh go ahead no you go ahead and finish well i was gonna say so so somebody you know has some kind of you know accident or some problem they're you know they're bankrupt might be a word that we use today and they have to sell all their assets so that they can pay for, you know for whatever they need well yeah, that's not going to be gone forever, either within their lifetime or within their children's lifetime. They're going to be able to get their assets back thanks to this year of Jubilee if they did it like, you know, right after the, the first year of Jubilee and then they had to wait 49 years to get it back. But then all of the, the assets, the value of those assets would be counted against how far away or how close they were to the, to the year of Jubilee, which I thought it was yeah, kind you, of really affecting all the economy. So go on, Chip. Yeah, you think about it now. You're looking at a Sabbath of Sabbaths. Mm-hmm. You know, when you think about that, seven of seven yep. or seven times seven. And uh, like the Sabbath being a day of rest to uh, for animal and man, uh, people, uh, you know, on a regular weekly basis was a time to recover, mm -hmm. reflect, and to reevaluate, I guess, to use three R's in a row there. But then to just replenish using the fourth R. <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> they um, – would uh, be ready for the upcoming week, everybody included. God seemed to really uh, focus <clears throat> on rest being given to land and man because mm -hmm. you look at it uh, later on, and when they go into captivity, he even stresses that the the land that was not getting rest on the seventh years, mm -hmm. every seventh year, would get it now oh, that yeah. they were in captivity. And, and then, uh, of course, so this tells me that God does not want exploitation of anyone or anything. People are not to be taken advantage of, to be neglected. And you remember Nehemiah when he cleaned house to some degree. It wasn't long after that that on the Sabbath, the people were right out there again trying to sell to make money as if they had never forgotten um, uh, what had happened to them. Mm -hmm. So he really takes a, a great interest in uh, love for your neighbor. And it's interesting, when, you know, I don't mean to just ramble on, but I re I've read through the Old Testament a number of times. Years ago when I'd read through it, of course, I'd maybe concentrate on different aspects. But as time went, I noticed how much emphasis there was on being responsible for others. Yeah. Strangers are to be cared for. Yeah. Widows, orphans are to be cared for. Do not take advantage of anyone. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that would take place with, uh, uh, like you said, the year of uh, Jubilee, that let's reboot, let's restart. Let's not have envy or covetousness, get back to focusing once again on God and, 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 and living with re reverence to God and, and uh, re respect to your fellow person. And so he loved the concept of uh, putting others before yourself, or at least not uh, putting them uh, under yourself. 
Mm-hmm. Well, and it makes me think, you know, the, this idea of capitalism mm-hmm. and, you know, a lot of the ideas of capitalism is really to kind of maximize profits, right? Mm-hmm. Not to any way of sinful doing, right? But but, but you want to ma- maximize your profits or everything like this. So you have this idea here where in, in this book, there are many times when it says, hey, when you got your field, harvest everything, but don't. Don't harvest anything on leave those last. And, yeah, yeah, leave the corners and leave those yeah. last lines so that anybody who's uh, sojourning or someone who's hungry who's walking by your field, they'll just go in and pick it. And they're not yeah. obviously the idea is not they're going to take your into- everything, but they're going to be hey, if we're hungry, mm-hmm. give it to them. And yeah, so- that's right. Uh, the, the David Jesus told the, the the religious leaders. He said, "Remember David uh, had the show bread." Yep. And that uh, it was it was obviously for the priest that mm-hmm. uh, David was hungry, so he needed help, and he was given help because the law really has a concern for others. And then um, and then you look at the Book of Ruth. I mean, the whole romance of Ruth is the fact that it it came from the the, the law being observed by Boaz, mm-hmm. and then even on top of that, he kept throwing a little bit extra in there. That's right, you know, to make sure she had plenty of food. So you get so unselfishness. Exactly right. what you were talking about, where you're you're and even taking it to the other side. So you'd mentioned definitely do not exploit those who are exploitable, mm-hmm. but also provide for those who aren't provided for. You know, and, and way in that's written into the rules here. You know, keep you know, right. keep this open so that people who need it can take take advantage of it. Um, you know what's what's sad is, and you mentioned and that triggers triggers a thought. I've uh, read the Jungle by Upton Sinclair. You could see where labor unions were needed to start protecting workers because mm-hmm. of the way workers were treated. They were exploited. And it was greed. Absolutely. It, yeah, they were exploited. Yeah, terribly so. And then not only not only then, but in industrial England, uh, the worker was heavily exploited, just completely uh, overlooked because there were so many in need of work that you you know you didn't even have to really take care of the ones you had. If, if you fire them, you got someone else right. to come there. So that greed. Uh, wrecked, havoc, wreaked havoc on uh, so many lives. I mean, it's just awful. Of course, books have been, movies been made about it, and books being written about it. But uh, you know, it, I heard a preacher once say a lady told him that, interestingly enough, one of those secrets to the American economy was compounded interest. Mm-hmm. And I thought about that. You take a house, one hundred fifty thousand dollars at a decent interest rate. You end up paying four hundred thousand dollars for that house on regular payments, right? And uh, I know, and I'm, you know, you're thankful that there's a chance to have that, but ideally, there would not be that much of an advantage taking. Mm -hmm. That's a great point. Yeah. If you're enjoying this podcast, please share with your friends. Thanks. Music is by Canon and is used with permission. This podcast is copyrighted by Brett Amorani, 2021.